0: 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: The Radical. Fundamental, fundamental principles, principles of freedom, freedom. Rational self-interest. And individual rights. And individual rights. The Radical. This, this is The Uran Brook Show. All right, everybody, welcome to your own book show on this uh, Monday, Monday night. It has been a long time, God, 13 days since we last did a show. Uh, I think that's the longest, I'm pretty sure it's the longest uh, period of time that I have not done a show ever, no matter travel, Asia, all kinds of places. Um... And uh, it's basically being because I've been sick. Uh, so um, <coughs> I mean, I'm going to be coughing because I'm still sick. I'm still not over it. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about what's going on in a minute. Uh, I'm still sick. Uh, I've got a super busy travel schedule starting this Thursday. I'm probably going to have to cancel a bunch of it because I'm still not Right. Um, you might notice that the camera angle is a little different because I'm sitting. I usually am standing during the show, but I'm not sure I have the energy to stand through a show, uh, so we're going to try this sitting down, uh, but um, <clears throat> I still don't have my voice back. I certainly don't have my energy back, uh, and, I s- and I have a, a, a quite a cough. So uh, I, 13 days ago, I did a show. At the end of the show, my throat was a little scratchy. Um, next day... I, I was at a, a congestion and a cold. I was obviously feeling bad. The following day, I was feeling much worse. That's why I canceled the Thursday show and uh, just just felt awful uh, for quite uh, a long period of time there. Um, basically a cold, nothing more than that, but just a cold, that persistent, wouldn't go. Um, congestion where none of the decongestion... Medications seem to work to open it up. Just state congestion, congested, and and uh, and uh, lack of energy, and just just a rough time. Um, last week, I uh, I was feeling a little better, so I traveled. I did a couple of talks: one um, quick, uh, quick, in, uh, quickly in Connecticut, and then one in um, one in Dallas, and then came home. Don't make vitamin recommendations to me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I've, I'm taking them all, I'm taking them all. Uh, thank you, Jeffrey. I appreciate it. Uh, dinner's not. Eh, dinner's so so. Jeremy, thank you. Cook, thank you. Alex, thank you. Um, anyway, I got home um, and it felt bad again, really bad again. And uh, oh, I tested for COVID when I first got sick because I figured. Maybe it's COVID. And I tested negative as I have forever. Anyway, on Saturday, I tested for COVID again, COVID again, and this time it was positive. So I do have COVID. Uh, it is possible for Yaron Brooke to get COVID, uh, which was quite a shock because the assumption had been that I was immune to it. Um, anyway, I have COVID. I think it's an explanation for why this cold won't go away. I think probably what happened is I had a cold. Uh, it reduced the, reduce the, um, uh, the, the, my immune system, the f- eff- effectiveness of my immune system, uh, and, then, uh, and then COVID pounced all over me, and, uh, and uh, that's what I'm suffering from now, COVID in the form of <coughs> a, uh, a cold. So uh, there you have it that is the story and uh i'm hoping i'm hoping to i'm testing now every day to um to see thank you andy thank you you um uh thanks ryan um i'm hoping that uh this goes away quickly um i'm, I'm basically testing every day to see uh and uh, waiting to feel much better but I'm still not back to where I want to be back to where I need to be back to where uh, it's crucial that I be you know to be able to continue to do this it's uh, uh, it's uh, a real challenge but I do uh, you know am doing vitamin D vitamin C uh, what do you call it zinc uh, everything so um, everything you guys uh, are suggesting and have been suggesting and so on so so there you have it um uh, as I said I, I, I did uh, travel and did uh, give a couple of talks in the middle uh, so um, we got a little bit of productivity done uh, I'm hoping that I feel better soon hi Dave uh, thanks I uh, appreciate the fact that you all, you guys all missed me <coughs> Wes says you have COVID you must have upset God in some way that's the only rational explanation I mean if this is all God can figure out to do to me given what I've said about him, um, I don't know. I'm, 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 you know, not very promising for God, I guess. Uh, but, um, uh, anyway, uh, uh, Derek says, welcome back, only one day after Jesus. Yes, yesterday was Easter. said, so it is fitting that I come back today, the day after Jesus came back, not the same day. Uh, I wouldn't want to be pretentious in that way. Um, and... Uh, uh, God, it's very difficult to OD on vitamin D, and uh, certainly not in the quantities I take. Um, all right, let's let's you know now. God has given me COVID. God is all talk, no action. Uh, yeah, all all true, all true. Um, so that's the story. I have no excuses. Um, sorry about that. No beard. You'll never see me with a beard. If I'm with a beard, something really really horrible has happened. And, uh, and you might want to stop watching the show because uh, it's not Iran anymore. He's been uh, taken over by a Ukrainian bot, which is what I'm accused of being taken over by anyway. So, uh, but but the beard will give it away. The beard, although yeah, I need a shave actually. Um, let's see uh, what else uh, what else do I want to tell you about. Yeah, I do have this grueling schedule coming up next week. I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. Um, I was I was looking forward to visiting Eastern Europe, uh, touching um, and, and speaking in a number of countries where there are Ukrainian refugees. Um, but uh, it looks – it's pretty unlikely that that's going to happen happening. Uh, Harper Campbell says, are you getting too old to travel this much? Maybe do more shows instead. I, you know, that's definitely a possibility. I don't think so. I, well, I, I think the answer is partially yes. I was probably too old years ago to travel as much as I as the kind of schedule I do. Uh, I'll always travel. I like traveling. And you can't replace um, a live audience even with as much as I love you guys and as much as I love the super chat and, and the chat. Um, you can't replace – you can't really – Replace it with a live audience. A live audience is, you know, it's just fantastic. It's it's It makes it all worthwhile. So I expect to travel. I expect to change my traveling style. Um, and, uh, you know, I used to get colds after I traveled before. This one's just hit particularly bad. And I think the combination of this with COVID has really thrown me for a loop. So, um, you know, I'm not too... We'll, we'll, we'll figure out the future in the future. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's see. So as you know, as you know, you guys are already participating in the super chat, there's nobody here to, um, figure out how much we've raised. I have no idea. Um, I'm going to guess, I don't know, 150, maybe 200 bucks. <coughs> Jennifer, thank you. Uh, missed you, missed you and you guys, all of you guys as well. Um, I, uh, what was I oh yeah Super Chat so we're at about $200 so um, l- let me remind you all that we have a $600 goal given how few programs I've done we probably have to do a few shows at 2000 to kind of uh, make up for it and get me get us back on schedule but w- whatever we do we do um, I appreciate the support I appreciate all you um, using the Super Chat to uh, to make quick comments. Uh, Taisy, thank you. Um, And uh, not just to ask questions. So I appreciate that. But you can ask questions. You can ask questions about anything. I've already got three, uh, really two uh, shows about. says, I used to get hammered by winter colds until I started drinking alkaline water. Now my colds are barely noticeable. Vitamin D, D did that for me for many years. It worked like that. As soon as I started taking vitamin D, number of colds declined. But, uh, again, it, whatever happened, I'm getting I'm getting clobbered right now. Uh, again, I've never taken this much time off ever, um, so this is particularly bad. <coughs> okay, I don't have a heavy uh, program schedule for today. Uh, Adam, thank you, really appreciate that. Um, uh, thanks for making up for lost super chat time. COVID uh, COVID cold takes a while to show and a while to shake. Hang in there. Good to see you back. Thank you, Uh, Jeffrey Miller, for razors and shaving cream. Thanks. I I use a a machine. I have since I was 16. Uh, Derek um, Encanto. What is Encanto? Remind me what Encanto is. It sounds familiar, but Mike says feel better soon. Thanks, guys. Mark, welcome back. Thank you. I appreciate it. So um, it it might be a short show just because I'm not sure what my energy level is like so I don't want to do uh, too much, uh, but do feel free. Um, oh, the um, the Disney movie. I have not seen Encanto, the Disney movie. I have heard it's good. Um, Disney now, right now is in political hot water, so maybe it's a good time to watch the movie. Um, you know, it's good that they can still inspire in spite of being as woke as they seem to be. Apollo, thank you. really appreciate that. Um, so let's talk about two things. Let's let's actually start with Ukraine um, because there's news out of Ukraine, uh, both old news about the, the, the flagship, um, the, the Russian flagship sinking, but also news from the small, from today uh, about uh, uh, a renewed um, uh, significant uh, Russian attack uh, in Ukraine. So let, we'll start there, and then we'll talk about Elon Musk uh, buying Twitter um and uh whoops let me i know there's a question here that i am supposed to let me just copy paste um okay <coughs> um so uh, as you probably have heard the russian army has been amassing for the last two weeks where there's been very almost no action in ukraine except in uh, Mariupol. Uh, where the Russians are slowly gaining ground and slowly taking over the city and the Ukrainians are just heroically and, and uh, uh, resisting uh, the Russians. Um, but uh, the, the, the Russians have uh, taken their troops out of uh, northern Ukraine uh, and moved them all to the east. Um, and uh, today uh, it looks like they launched a massive attack along the entire Eastern front, uh, of Ukraine from, uh, um, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the city. Um, uh, in, in kind of the, in the center, uh, all the way South, um, throughout the Donbass area. This is an area the Russians claim, uh, once autonomy from Ukraine, this is an area dominated by ethnic uh, Russians and, um, and, uh, uh, you know, this is the, the whole Donbass area. Um, and, uh, you know, it, this is Ukrainian territory. Russia has no claim against it. Uh, it. has no legitimate claim against it. Joe, thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I will definitely answer the questions soon. Um, and, um, you know, they are uh, they're fresh. Because they've been resting up, uh, they brought in new forces. They brought in forces from the north that were devastated, but were the remnants of them. They've also brought people in, I think, uh, from different parts of the Russian, uh, from Russia itself, uh, to reinforce the troops. Uh, and um, it's uh, e- 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 and and it, they have a lot of a lot of firepower. A lot of forces uh, arrayed. The Ukrainians are super motivated. Uh, and uh, as, as I've told you earlier, I think motivation um, is uh, super important. Um, I think the atrocities that the Russians committed in north of Kiev, uh, the killing of uh, women and children and civilians, the raping of women, uh, the maiming of people, just cutting them up and, and body parts, uh, on the other hand, the, the, the amazing heroic resistance of Ukrainian forces in Maripol. Um, all, I think, will inspire the Ukrainian forces to fight even harder, to be motivated even more than they were before. The Ukrainians clearly have something to fight for. They're fighting for their homes, their families, their land. Um, and they're fighting against evil. And and now they've seen evil. They've seen evil, in in the nakedness of evil. They've seen evil uh, manifest itself in the Russian atrocities all over Ukraine, wherever they've touched. And they've also experienced victory, uh, the victory in the north, uh, stopping the Russians from taking Kiev. Um, and of course, in the sinking of the Russian flagship, um, the Moskova. Moskova is basically Moscow. Uh, this was the pride of the Russian Black Sea Fleet, this was a flagship. Uh, Thank you, Sam, appreciate the support. Uh, This was the flagship. Uh, This is the ship that those uh, soldiers uh, uh, told to F off at the beginning of the war. Uh, This this is the ship that represented um, Russian supremacy on the Black Sea, Um, and it, it got hit, it appears by an anti-ship missile launched uh, from Ukraine, from the shore. Um, it, it probably hit one of their ammunition uh, rooms, uh, started a fire, and ultimately the ship literally sunk. Uh, to this day, we don't know how many of the uh, on-board sailors actually drowned, actually were killed, because Russia won't release that number. Um, there's just been no talk of it, but clearly many of them did. Um, uh, you know, and, and the fact that it, it you know, it just wasn't, wasn't just hurt, it wasn't just crippled, it was literally sunk is, um, is quite, an amazing, quite an amazing feat. And uh, again, a testament, I think, to. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly
0: beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time.
1: <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for
1: details. The Western weapon systems that the Ukrainians are using, this was a Western, as far as I know, it was a Western anti-ship missile. That sunk the Moskova, and uh, more evidence, as if we needed one, uh, that uh, you know, Western weaponry, Western weapons systems, uh, you know, just just a, a, a dramatically superior to anything that um, anything that the Russians can muster. To, to the superiority of numbers, uh, the superiority of firepower. The Western weapon systems just defeat them time and time again. Um, uh, PR says the only world in which you could implement Ayn Rand's ideology, libertarian ideology, is a world in which Putin wins. Uh, Pi, you don't understand uh, Ayn Rand's philosophy, you don't understand free markets, and you have no conception of who Putin is and what he is if you think that. That's just ignorant and stupid. Um, Sam? Who the hell is Sam? Didn't Sam shake some sense into you? I don't know who Sam is. Um, so uh, Ukraine is going to hold on here. It's not going to be easy for them. They're going to take massive casualties. Uh, so is the Russians. Uh, it's, it's, I don't think Ukraine has the capacity because it doesn't have the firepower to take back uh, much of the lands that have been taken from it. Uh, they have tried, particularly uh, in the Gerson area, in the area of uh, the south-central Ukraine, um, uh, and they have not been overly successful there. Uh, and I doubt that they have uh, enough to be able to really push the Russians back into Russia. But I do think that they have enough to withstand the Russian assault and to inflict massive casualties on Russia. And look, Russia's already lost. As I told you on day, I don't know, five of this war, no matter what happens, Russia's lost. The latest significant evidence of the loss of Russia is the fact that... Um, both Finland and Sweden are considering um joining NATO, not considering a likely very likely this summer to join NATO I mean if Sweden and Norway join NATO that will be this war will be one of the greatest strategic blunders in military history and this is uh this is putin the strategic genius right and uh, it will extend NATO's um, border with Russia significantly. It will place uh, the Swedish military, which is you know, a, a, a very well-trained, very effective military. Um, it has a, Sweden, I don't know if you guys know, but Sweden has a, uh, a military industrial complex. It, has, uh, it produces military equipment, very good military equipment, it will place that industry at the behest of NATO. Um, Finland, which has fought Russia in the past, has a very motivated, very lethal military force. Again, that force will now be at the disposal of NATO. Um, it, this will be a massive, massive strategic blunder, um, and it already uh, it already is. So, basically, all Putin has managed to achieve in this war is to unite Europe against him and uh, to bring Sweden and Finland into NATO, which will be huge. So, uh, he's already lost the war, no matter what happens on the frontier. But I expect, um, yeah, Putin is a massive looter. Liam, thank you. Wow. Wow. so I uh, I appreciate that. <coughs> um, so we are now at six hundred dollars. Thank you, guys. Anything above this is is kind of um, to compensate for the few shows that I've done. But of course, I don't deserve it if I do so few shows. So, um, but but keep it coming. Uh, it, it'll be great to to have a good month, in spite of the fact that I did so few shows. Uh, And Oh, and let me also say, I I know I owe at least two uh, Iran Rules for Life shows, and I will make those up. I'm not sure exactly when, but I'm keeping count of the ones I owe, and I will make them up. So it's $651. Um, uh, Ukraine has received a lot of Western equipment during this lull in fighting over the last uh, three weeks. I expect that equipment to be well used in the East. I expect the Ukrainian forces are being reinforced by fighters from the north. Um, So not only did Russia reinforce its forces, so did uh, the Ukrainians. I expect the Ukrainians to continue to pound on the supply problems, the logistic problems that the Russians had in the north, and I suspect will have in the east. I uh, don't think strategy, uh, I don't think Russia has hired any brilliant new generals. I don't think they have any new uh fantastic tanks they don't have any new weapon systems that we didn't know about Um, so i expect that ukraine is going to put up a real fight i expect that ukraine will hold its ground they might be defeated here or there but overall i think they will be holding its ground they might take some ground from the russians it's going to be brutal it's going to be bloody um it's going to be massive casualties and Russia will lose. Russia will lose because they already have lost, and because the longer this goes, the greater um, the greater the embarrassment and the humiliation is uh, for the Russians. <coughs> and note, for example, that we haven't heard much from China about its support of Russia in recent weeks, and that's because China has to a large extent backtracked from supporting the Russians, another Russian, significant Russian loss. Um, So, uh, again, I I, I think uh, everything I said in the first day of this war uh, continues to be true. I don't think anything has changed. Uh, We will watch closely to see what happens uh, with this new front opening up. Ashton, thank you. Wow, Ashton's been a terrific supporter of the show the last few weeks. Uh, This is terrific. Thank you. Um, And uh, Taisy, thank you as well. Um, so yeah, I will keep track. I'll update you if anything changes. We'll update you as fighting continues on the eastern front. Uh, if the change, dramatic changes either way. Um, I do not think Putin will resort to nuclear. Uh, you know, never try to uh, estimate what a dictator would do. Remember, I was wrong. When it came to my estimation of Putin invading Ukraine, I did not think he would do it. I was wrong on that. I could be wrong on the nuclear option, but the nuclear option really is a nuclear option, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he used gas. Um, but nukes are very difficult to control. Very, very difficult. Um, very difficult to, um, you know, to, to 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 basically to control how they're used, where the radiation goes who gets suffered, and how do you stop it from deteriorating from just a local nuclear um, uh, technical thing into a massive World War Three? All right, let's quickly say something about Musk buying Twitter, and then I'll go to your questions, because I know there are a lot of them now. Uh, please, no more under-$20 questions, because I, I, do, I don't I do want to make this show too long, um, and we're already at 866, and... Um, I am starting to feel like maybe I'm losing my voice and I don't want to get to the point where I actually am losing my voice. All right, um, so Musk has put in an offer to buy Twitter, uh, which is pretty amazing. Uh, It's about $50 billion. Uh, This is his own money. I don't know of another example of an individual uh, buying a company for this kind of money. I would have to do my research to figure it out. Um, But, um, you know, but I... I, uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, it, it is partially amazing because of the the rationale that uh, Elon Musk is using. He's using the rationale of he wants Twitter to be better, not more profitable necessarily, just better in terms of being a better platform for speech. Uh, I think it's a great motivation, uh, particularly for a private investor who doesn't have shareholders and it doesn't have to worry about how he uses shareholder money. I think it's great that a private individual wants to, wants to change the direction of a company, wants to use it for what he sees as the good. I think this is phenomenal. As I said on my show on Musk and Twitter last time, I think this is a great example of how capitalism works. It doesn't just work to, um, you know, uh, promote materialistic values. It also works to promote other values, and here you get an example of somebody trying to promote a society with more speech rather than less. Uh, I think that's incredibly noble and good, Uh, and that's what Elon Musk is doing, and he's willing to engage in a hostile takeover in order to achieve it. Uh, That is a beautiful thing. I, I think what's happening with Musk and Twitter is a validation of capitalism, a validation of uh, how capitalism works and uh, the efficaciousness of capitalism, whether he succeeds or fails, uh, it is such a validation because um, the fact is that he, he'll probably fail because of a lack of capitalism, and I'll explain in a minute in in uh, in the world in which we live. Um, so, um, you know, Elon has put in a, a significant bid, a significant premium on what the stock was pre- trading at. Um. But why did he put in this bid? Because, of course, the bid now makes it clear what his aims are. The bid also, um, uh, you know, uh, gives an opportunity for other bidders to get organized and to potentially outbid Elon. Uh, The bid also makes it possible for the company itself to defend itself. And it already has. It is, uh, I think it has already voted to put in a poison pill or is at least talking about um, putting in a a poison pill. Uh, So, um, you know, if that is... uh, It is a... uh, (coughs) It's a significant issue. Uh, So we'll get to what are poison pills and how they work. But the fact is, the fact that he had to make a a, a bid for the company um, gave the company enough time to put together a defense. And in this case, the defense is the poison pill. So why did he have to put in uh, a bid for the company? Because of security law. Um, Basically in 1968, securities law Um, prevent somebody from stealthily, stealthily just means on the quiet, on the hush-hush, buying 60% or 51%, sorry, 51% of a company and firing its CEO. Before 1968, that could be done. And indeed, that was done. It was done regularly in corporate America. Companies were bought out by the buyer, buying 51% of a company without disclosing the fact that it was doing so, and then basically once it reached 51%, firing the CEO and declaring that it now owns this this company. CEOs, uh, CEOs of companies that were afraid of being bought out. Note that that something like that happens if you're buying 51% of a company on the quiet, necessarily bids up the price of the stock. So you have to be willing to put more and more and more of your own money into buying the stock, and you buy 51%. And then you have to believe that the stock is worth more than what you paid for it um, to justify this, which means that you believe that management were not doing a good job maximizing the profit-generating potential of the assets of the company. And that's what was going on. It was a huge era of takeovers during the 1960s uh, in which uh, companies were taken out because the belief was they were mismanaging the assets. You could argue Twitter is mismanaging the asset that it has. Twitter's not a particularly, if at all, profitable company. So even on the basis of profit, not just on the basis of speech, Twitter is not doing a great job. So, In 1968, because managers lobbied Congress to protect themselves, Congress passed the 1968 security law. This is is a real example of cronyism. This is an example of managers, CEOs, lobbying Congress to protect themselves, all in the name of shareholders. And what they said was, what the law says is that you cannot accumulate stock without letting the world know why you're accumulating it. And if you want to maintain, if you want to get control over a company, the only way to get control over a company is to do what's called a tender offer, to publicly announce that you want to take over the company and, yeah, it's called the Williams Act, Um, you want to take over a company and you're willing to pay X for it. And the reasoning they gave, the reason why this was presented as good for shareholders is, one, uh, you would have to pay more shareholders. You wouldn't just pay incrementally a little bit more as you gain towards 51%. You would accumulate stock, let say, up until 10%, because at 10%, you would have to make your intention public. And then anything beyond that, you would have to pay this tender price, which would have to be significantly higher. So shareholders would get more, but more than that it would open up the company for bidding because now other people would know that you're interested in this company and they could then step in and say, well, we're willing to give, you're willing to give 40, we'll give 42. And then there'd be a bidding war that would drive the price up. So this is supposedly good for shareholders and indeed for some shareholders, it is very good for companies that are way undervalued and where there's a lot, a lot of buyers and a lot of people would want to buy them. Um, there is a, this would increase the share price. On the other hand, for companies that are marginal, or for companies that you don't expect a lot of bidders, like I think Twitter, um, you're not going to get a significant increase. And at the margin, a lot of people are not going to take over the company because of of, um, um, how expensive it was. Now... uh,
0: That's right. Chumbacasino.com has
1: over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. limited by
0: law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: You saw significant decline in hostile takeovers in the United States because of this. And then in the 1980s, people found a way around this, uh, primarily by raising cheap capital called, at the time, junk bonds or high-yield bonds. Um, what you what you got is a whole new generation of corporate raiders, uh, people who would come in, buy up companies, break them up, sell off the assets, make a fortune, the kind of people that um, other people 's money the movies celebrate and um, the 1980s were a period in which this was celebrated. This was amazing this was American capitalism in in a sense in this sector at least reborn. Um, American conglomerates being uh, broken up. In, in my view, this is one of the great errors um, in American history, uh, in, in American financial history, and, and a great error for, finan- for American business. It's an era in which we went from uh, inefficient, cumbersome um, conglomerates to efficient, competitive, uh, incredibly profitable businesses uh, of the 90s and 2000s. Well, in the 90s, companies came up with this idea of a poison pill. A poison pill is basically where the board decides that it is going to give preferential treatment to other shareholders other than the one making the tender offer. So they would issue new shares at a very low price, and by doing so dilute, but issue new shares that the, new, that the, ten, the person tendering for the company uh, didn 't have access to, who was discriminated against and issue these shares at very low price, encourage all of the shareholders to buy into them, and therefore dilute the share ownership of the guy who was tendering, and therefore make it prohibitively expensive for them to actually buy the company out. Um, initially, this was fought in court because it, you would think that this would be illegal. This is against their fiduciary duty to protect shareholders. This is a killer of hostile takeovers, which are very friendly to shareholders. Um, And indeed, there were courts that determined that it was um, a violation of the fiduciary duty of the board. But then um, the most important court in the land when it comes to corporate governance, the most important court in the land when it comes to these kind of issues is the Supreme Court of the State of Delaware. Um, The Supreme Court of the State of Delaware ruled that poison pills were were okay. And as a consequence of them being okay, um, they are now everywhere. And indeed, if you look at the last 20 years, we've had very few hostile takeovers. That whole idea of American um, finance, restructuring American business, of American finance, using capital to completely uh, reorient American business towards maximizing shareholder wealth, towards profit maximization, that went away. One of the reasons we've seen so much slow economic growth, theme Master, thank you, really appreciate that. One of the reasons we've seen so much slow economic growth over the last 20 years is I think because finance has been neutered the ability of financiers to restructure american business has been neutered. and 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 that's what we're seeing that's what we're seeing right now <coughs> so twitter is using uh, why well, the reason by the way that the delaware supreme court is the court that matters is because the delaware because almost every major corporation in the united states is incorporated in delaware The reason every major corporation in the United States is incorporated in Delaware, therefore uh, corporate governance is determined by the courts in Delaware, is because Delaware courts are very friendly towards management. Um, And therefore management has a huge incentive to um, incorporate in Delaware. So there you have it, a quick lesson on corporate governance in America. Um, It's perversion, I think, and it's distortion. Uh, The lack of freedom in accumulating stock in order to buy, the lack of freedom in takeovers, the basic disappearance of hostile takeovers, which is what we're seeing now. Uh, Elon Musk trying to take over Twitter is hostile because the Twitter board does not want him to. It's hard to see a path by which Musk actually succeeds because uh, sadly, the courts have given uh, boards of directors almost unlimited power to stop people like Elon Musk from taking over their businesses. I think this is a disaster. I think this is horrible, not just because of Twitter, but more broadly for American business. Uh, we will continue to pay the price for this for decades to come. Um, it is a, 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 This is a exact example of the kind of regulation that most of us don't even know exists, most of us don't even know uh, is out there, and yet uh, really limits the ability of markets to function properly, function properly. So it's unlikely... Um, Musk is going to be able to succeed. Uh, if he does succeed, um, then I think it becomes interesting. Because one of the things I think Musk will discover if he takes on Twitter is how difficult the job is. It's how difficult the job is. Well, um, well, I think Twitter can probably be run much better than it is, I don't think this issue of speech on Twitter is easy to solve. I don't think it's something that you can just do like that. It is some simple principle, some simple rule you can impose. This requires deep, hard thinking. It requires thinking about the kind of culture you want to have, the kind of speech you want to have. Um, It requires uh, rules that are transparent and objective, which are not easy to formulate. Um, And I think Musk will discover that, and that's good. Let Musk use his IQ and let him bring the best people he can find to try to deal with it. But, um, so shaking up social media like this would be a terrific thing, would be fantastic, right? Um, You can have any speech you want except threats on your property, not on somebody else's. That's the difference. So um, what kind of speech should you be permitted to have on private property, like Twitter, is an interesting question, and it's not obvious what the answer is. Um, And uh, it's not obvious that Elon Musk has the answers, but I do think that shaking it up, that trying something new on this, that um, that, uh, doing it differently is something worth experimenting with. But those of you who think that this is easy and uh, and straightforward, I I think, uh, underappreciate the issues involved. And one of these days, we'll get into those issues. Maybe if Musk takes them over, we'll get into those issues. But unfortunately, I don't think that's likely to happen. Um, But I I don't think anybody has the answer to it. A a clear answer to it. I'm sure people have the answer. But um, it's a real challenge. It's a real challenge. And be a successful company and make money. Don't forget you have to do that as well. Your job is not to guarantee speech for everybody. Your job is to make money. Um, And so whether you can, how you do all that in in a corporate structure uh, on a platform like this is super difficult. And nobody else has been successful in creating an alternative, which I find interesting, right? If it was easy, somebody would have done it and created a real alternative. Um, All right, let's see. (coughs) So those are my thoughts on Musk buying Twitter. I think that answers Nathan's question. He says, welcome back. Could you please explain the poison pill strategy that's being discussed to keep Musk from purchasing Twitter? Is it a poison pill or property rights violation since person of ownership is diluted? I think it is. I think it should have never been ruled legit should have never been constitutional, but the fact is that it is the law of the land and um, they can do it. So uh, uh, I don't think it's legit. I don't think it should be allowed. I think whether it's a property rights violation, it certainly is um, a, uh, a, a violation of the fiduciary responsibility of the board of directors to its shareholders. And I think it should be rejected as such. Um. All right, let's see. All right, next question. Um, let's see if there's anything here. Um, okay, let's just do them by, in order, these are the $20 questions. Oh, no, I've got $200 questions. Let me do those first. Um Let's see. Uh, what U.S. city, this is from Joe, what U.S. city would you pick for young family to buy their first home, hope you feel better soon? You know, I, I don't know. I, there's so many considerations um, for that. Um, the first city that I lived in in the United States and, and raised kids in the United States, although I didn't uh, buy a house because I, didn't, I couldn't afford it, uh, was Austin, Texas, um, which was a great city at the, uh, then, and I think still is, uh, to raise a family, buy a home, um, and and live in. So I I think I think uh, uh, certainly Austin is a fantastic place, uh, but there are many places, and and particularly when you're young, and you don't have, and you're not paying a lot of taxes, uh, much of California is a great place. Uh, Orange County is a fantastic place. Now it's very very expensive so maybe it's not a great place for a first-time house. But Nashville, um, Memphis, uh, uh, Tennessee generally, low taxes, uh, pretty, and, um, and and high quality of life. I just think that there's so many considerations. What are your preferences with regard to weather? What are your preferences with regard to being close or far from family? What are your preferences with regard to job? You know, I, I don't think there's a... Uh, what do you like? Do you like living in a city? Do you like living in a suburb? Uh, do, you like, um, do you like humidity? Do you like dry uh, in terms of weather? Do you like cold? Do you like hot? So I really think you have to look at all those considerations. Taxes and the regulatory environment being one of them. Uh, are you an employee or are you an entrepreneur? That's a big one. Are you going to have to hire people? So uh, is the area that you want to start your, your uh, buy a home, is it an area where you can employ people if you're starting a business? So there's so many considerations. So it's easier for me to list the considerations than it is for me to list the places because you have to figure out. You have to figure out um, what's best for you. Uh, liam says uh, one of the reasons for your success is your dynamic. Thank you. You do not have a script. you always fall back you always fall back on. I do not people can ask you about anything, even things you haven 't thought of before, and you give quality original answers. Thank you. Too many intellectuals are narrow and robotic. liam, I really appreciate that that is um, uh, that is a real compliment uh particularly the thing about ask me about anything and I give quality original answers. I appreciate that. Thank you. <clears throat> I don't feel particularly dynamic today, but, but we'll get back there. Don't worry. Ashton asks, uh, Yaron, I just wanted to say I was in a very dark place for a while dealing with depression. So much so, I was on the verge of suicide. Uh, really sorry to hear that, Ashton. Before I discovered you and Ayn Rand, I will continue to watch the show and read Study Philosophy, Thank you for all that you do and for saving me. It is literally my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, and you've been a, a, an amazingly generous supporter of the show. Um, so I very, very much appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, I look forward to uh, following your progress as you study and uh, read and study the philosophy and as you become more familiar with it and as life in general improves significantly as you integrate these ideas more and more into your life. Because at the end of the day, this is a philosophy for living. It's a philosophy for living a good life, living a good life. We are, by the way, over $1,000, so thank you, everybody. I really, really appreciate that. Um, You guys have been great. Uh, (coughs) We'd have to have a, a, a few more shows this week to catch us up. Gail, thank you. She says she agrees with Liam and Ashton. I appreciate that. All right, uh, Bryant, uh, a question I meant to ask on April 1. Now, with that intro, I don't know, does that mean it's not a serious question? Um, April 1, April Fool's Day, let's see. But you didn't have a show. Is the phrase, I think, therefore, I am, uh, known as the think-am dichotomy? I don't think it is known as the think-am dichotomy, but okay. If so, can the is-ought dichotomy be formulated as I is, therefore I ought? Um, No, but I is, therefore I ought is, uh, you know, the, the principle of morality. That is, I is, that is, I am alive. I am alive and bear a particular nature and therefore, I ought to do certain things so I stay alive. So the is is I'm alive, I have a particular nature that requires certain actions in order to sustain it, and therefore I ought to do these things that will sustain it. How about that? And at the end of the day of course I think there if I am is reversed, I am Therefore, I think. I am a being of a particular nature. Therefore, I must think in order to survive. And and that is my nature. So I turned it into a serious question. Brian says, thank you for answering my silly question. When you have COVID, thank you for being a good sport, April Fool's. No problem. And of course, at the end of the day, it turned out to be a serious question. Uh, Enric says, stay well, get healthier. Thank you, Enric. I appreciate it. All right, let's see, other $20 questions. Daniel, haven't, hasn't COVID shown the crippling effects of unions and policies they pushed along with tariffs and other protectionist policies? Why can't people connect the dots? John Cochran has been on fire lately. Gra- glad you're back. Yeah, I mean, no question. COVID has shown why tariffs and all protectionism is wrong, why we need more trade, not less why unions and all kind of protectionist local and foreign policies are wrong and John Cochran gets it he's one of the few that gets it he's one of my heroes coming out of COVID uh he had some of the best takes on COVID from the beginning best takes on vaccines from the beginning best best takes on the FDA from the beginning so I'm a huge was and and even more huge John Cochran fan so Yes, COVID has shown that we need more free markets, not less. Daniel asked, is it rational to have a career that you love, but it gives you a higher cancer risk, 9%? The fire department offered me a job, but all my buddies say they love it. But there is health risks, sleep deprivation, cancer, etc. Um, I think it is rational. I I think it's rational to take risks. A lot of people... You know, going to the army is a risk, and yes, it's a rational profession. Um, if you if you love it and if it's important to you. Um, they, you, one of the things that I would do if I were you is, if I decide to embrace this career, I would definitely look into reducing the probability of cancer. I'm sure there are ways of doing that. Uh, maybe by figuring out how to have better sleep habits. Sleep is crucial and, and uh, maybe um, other means by which you can reduce cancer risk, diet, other things. So I would, I would do everything in my power to reduce the risk, but I wouldn't say risk is, a, is enough to rule out a profession you would love. At the end of the day, you have to live every moment, and, and even if you have to give up some moments to live well, you want to live well. Um, okay, Harper Campbell asks, "When were you propositioned for? When were you propositions for sex on your hitchhiking trip? Did they offer you money? What are the details behind that? Was it from a married couple?" <laughs> wow, where did that come from, Harper? Um, it happened a number of times. Um, It was never from a married couple, a woman was never involved, it was all from men. Um, They all offered money, some of them got into greater graphic details about what they wanted to do to me or what they wanted me to do to them. Um, I didn't accept any of their offers, even though I had no money. Um, It was very uncomfortable, very scary, very unpleasant. And in one circumstance, I literally had to jump out of the car while the car was moving because I was worried that it wouldn't end with a proposition. That was in uh, Florida, north of Jacksonville, on the I-95. Yeah. Close to border with Georgia. Um, I was hitchhiking, so those are the kind of people who pick you up. What can I say? That's as much detail as I think we need. Um, this was in 1979. <coughs> uh, let's see. Um, okay, let's go from the top. These are all under $20 questions. No more questions, guys. I need to cut this short. Uh, if, um, if you want it put a significant amount of money if you could ask. Okay, Jason asks, uh, would objectives be ready to present their ideas if there was a constitutional convention? Some conservatives are pushing for one. When it would be opportune for us? I think we're ready. I don't think anybody's there to listen. The conservatives are worse today than they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And um, the last thing in the world I want right now is a constitutional convention. I don't think we would convince enough people to make a difference. But we're ready, ready to make the case of what needs to, needs to happen, but there's nobody on the right, there's nobody in, uh, in, in the Republican party or conservatives who would listen to us. Ashton, for $100, wow. What is your view on Friedrich Nietzsche as a philosopher and his idea of the Ubermensch? Is it the same as Ayn Rand's idea of the ideal man? No. Uh, It's not at all. Uh, Nietzsche's idea of of a ubermensch is somebody who is above morality. Somebody who, so so basically, uh, Nietzsche accepts kind of altruism as morality and believes that some men can escape it, can be above it. But he concedes morality to the Christians. In a sense, he gives up on morality. And Ubermensch is above morality. And he's above morality in every sense. That is, none of the rules, principles apply to him. And he is guided by what Nietzsche considers pure will power. will, the will. In other words, he is guided by emotion. Indeed, one of the things that Ubermensch overcomes is reason. So the Ubermensch is... Um, is immoral according to objectivism. It's the exact opposite of the ideal man. The ideal man redefines morality properly in accordance with reality. He doesn't abandon morality. He doesn't rise above supposedly morality. He embraces a proper, true morality and can define it and defend it. And he identifies reason as the way in which he is ideal, uh, uh, reason is his means of being good, of morality, of survival, of thriving, of succeeding. He rejects emotion as tools of cognition and as um, means of knowledge and as guides to action. They might be in the background. They might be providing you with information about you. But they're not reasons in and of themselves to act. The ideal man acts on the basis of reason, not on the basis of emotion. So, no, the Ubermensch is very much not the ideal man. Ayn Rand liked aspects of Nietzsche, uh, the, the, the romantic aspects, the aspect of the shattering of convention, the shattering of Christian morality. Um, She liked this criticism of altruism and of Christian morality. But what she rejected, rejected vehemently, is his focus on emotion, focus on will and rejection of reason. It's the exact antithesis of Ayn Rand's philosophy, the exact opposite. Okay, Michael says, are red cameras a rights violation? No. um, Red light cameras... You know, the streets are, quote, owned by the government. They have uh, they have a responsibility um, to uh, put in rules of the road, if you will, and, and to stop people from violating those rules. And so it's completely within their purview to put out red lights cameras. Now, they shouldn't own roads. And then you'd have red lights cameras owned by private individuals. But the government here is acting... As if it 's a private individual, and that in and of itself is not a rights violation it 's uh, the whole concept of them owning property is the rights violation, not the cameras. Um, Michael asks, they say Elon Musk only had a vision for SpaceX. Um, the government took the initial investment to create NASA and show someone like Emma Elon it was possible i mean it 's true the government took the initial investment to create NASA, the government drove out private capital. Um, okay, so what? Uh, if the government had not done NASA, would, no be, would there be no Elon Musks? Would they, Would we have no space program? Um, I, I don't think any of that is true. Um, you can read the work of Robert Henline uh, describing a private space program in the 1950s um, and what it would look like and how it would function and what the motivations were, what the incentives would be. People already imagining it. It was just a question of entrepreneurs wealthy enough to do it. Liam says, we live in some bad times in some serious ways. I'm glad you're back. Feel better. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, times are also good, so don't forget the good uh, that exists in, this, in these times. I'll be going, doing a talk at Ocon on why I'm still optimistic in spite of everything. Michael asks, what group of people get more excited about ideas than the Jews? Um, you know, but they get most Jews get excited about stupid ideas. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Objectivists get more excited about ideas than Jews. I don't know that the Jews are a group of people. There are many groups of people within the Jews, that some of whom I am I, more positive towards than others. I don't like the whole big category, collective, group thing, even when it comes to Jews. Did you get a chance to watch a Bronx Tale? I had it downloaded for some reason; it didn't play. I'll get to it, Dave. I promise. It's on my list. I still need to do the kite thing, and I—that's another one. I downloaded it and now won't let me play, and I can't find. If you know Shosbud, uh, if you know a service that carries it. I will watch it. I can't find a service that carries it where I can actually get it to stream. Michael asks, who is your favorite comedian? Do you like Russell Peters? I don't know Russell Peters. Groucho Marx is probably my favorite comedian. That dates me a little bit. I know some people who do not save for retirement and say they'll just work until they die. Is this rational if you're in, if they're enjoying their life and saving takes away from the enjoyment? Um, I don't think it's rational only because you can't control certain things. You can't control getting sick. You, you can't control control getting into an accident. You have to have some kind of rainy day fund. Um, that um, rainy day fund that um, that protects you from accidents, from bad things happening to you, which are out of your control. Charles Brown says he'll buy me a a Blu-ray player. I have a Blu-ray player. I just don't have the Blu-ray. So I guess I could buy the Blu-ray. Okay, I'll I'll give it one more shot at trying to find a stream. And if I can't, I'll buy the Blu-ray. Michael says, do you think you got COVID because they removed mask mandates from some European airlines and airports? No, I think I got COVID after I got the cold. My hypothesis is, that I got covid after I got a cold and my immune system was weakened and and uh and that's why I got the covid so um but that's a hypothesis and it's consistent with the fact that it's been 2 weeks already um I should have if 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 covid if I got covid 2 weeks ago then I should be over it by now so anyway it's 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 um it's it's a weird kind of conglomeration of things and we don't know uh the, the rule is these days um 10 days from start of symptoms so um thanks shows i appreciate that um it's 10 days from the start of symptoms i got my symptoms 13 days ago um so i'm just waiting for a negative COVID test and to feel well and then i'll, st- I'll start traveling again Uh, Free Trade asks Tazy, thanks for becoming a uh, for joining uh, the Iran uh, Book Show on YouTube. Hey Iran, good to have you back. I sent a super chat in regular chat because YouTube wouldn't let me super chat it. woo, but that means I have to find it. Um, yeah, I don't think I can. F- God, did you do it after the super chat or before the super chat? Ah, so you're asking about the russian plans in ukraine what are the russian plans in ukraine i talked about that in the beginning of the show um i I, the russians at this point i think uh will want to take over eastern part of ukraine and declare victory i I don't think they have the stomach for prolonged war beyond that um Uh, E00 or something, he says, welcome back, you We on red light camera. when has a right to confront their accuser. Um, does that mean, does that mean speed traps um, are unconstitutional? I mean, you can, the accuser could be the cop who, um, who uh, shows you the photo in a court, um, Does it matter if the cop literally took the photo of you speeding or whether a machine took it? machine takes it in any case, whether it's automatic or if he actually did it. I'm not convinced of that. I'm not convinced of that. Anyway, I think, um, I mean, the Russians would love to (coughs) wipe Ukraine off the face of the earth. They'd like to occupy it completely. They can't and they won't, but they will take as much of eastern Ukraine as they can um, they will punish the Ukrainians as much as they can, um, and uh, they will declare victory. Um, and right now it's about saving face for the Russians in the short run. Long term, hard to tell. Hard to tell. All right. I think my voice is maxed out. Only an hour today. Usually we do uh, two, but uh, that's the limitations placed on me. 1200 bucks, guys. Thank you. Really, really, really appreciate it particularly um, particularly those of you who gave uh, 100 and more. Ashton gave like 300, so thank you, Ashton. Um, but, uh, but yes, I couldn't have got to 1,200 without all of you participating and, um, and uh, supporting the show. Thank you, it's good to be back. Um, I expect it to be a show tomorrow. I think it's, one, it's a show where I have uh, uh, live people and it's a, it's a Q&A tomorrow. So um, uh, come on board with lots of questions. Uh, Hopefully I'll be feeling even better tomorrow and we'll just take it one day at a time and slowly get better. Thanks a lot, guys, and see you all tomorrow. Have a great week. Bye, everybody.